Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five star rating and review or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Josh, and Josh actually went to a haunted high school when he was younger, and he's had a fair few experiences there. Josh, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks for having me, Kate. Pleasure to be here. It's uh, great to have you on because I've never had anyone on that's been to a haunted high school before. This is kind of the stuff of uh, Hollywood movies and TV shows. It's (laughs) it's nothing that you really hear happening in real life. We've had uh, haunted army barracks. We've had... You know, haunted houses for days, but a haunted high school, that's something definitely unique. Are you able to uh, tell us about some of the events that went on there? Yeah, absolutely. So just to give a, you know, a bit of a location and name to this place. So I went to uh, St. Columbus High School, uh, now called St. Columbus uh, Catholic College. So it's in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, um, and it's in Springwood. So it's about halfway up the, uh, the Blue Mountains. So the thing about this place is it was originally built, I think, in 1909, and it was built as a priest seminary for uh, Catholic priests to train. And you can imagine the look of the high school. I mean, technically, it's called neo-Gothic sandstone architecture. So I think of that as like Hogwarts or the University of Sydney, um, that sort of thing, like this real sort of Gothic, you know, intimidating look um, to the place. Um, so it it was a seminary up until about 1977 and then it shut and then it started being a high school, I think sometime in the late seventies or eighties, something like that. Um, so naturally it's got a bit of history. So one, one night, this was back in 2000 and 
11. Um, this was when I was in year 11, uh, funnily enough. We were doing uh, what's called a winter sleep out. So that's where anybody from year 7 to 12 can uh, pay a bit of money, and that goes towards St. Vincent de Paul's uh, charity. And what we did is is that we slept um, around the school in the rough, so just, you know, outside or inside a hall um, in sleeping bags and that sort of stuff. Um, and obviously that was to sort of simulate being homeless. And, of course, St. Vincent de Paul helps out uh, people who are unfortunately homeless a lot. Um, so that was the context. That's what we were doing. So I was getting um, late at night. This would have been like 10 or 11 at night. Uh, and we just got talking about the history of the place. And I was reminded of a story that one of the other teachers told me about another teacher. So this teacher uh, was coming back to the school to do some overtime work. And the story goes that he was walking up to the staff room in the school. Now, the door for the staff room in the school, so it is, um, it's an older door, but it's got a glass, a frosted glass pane in the middle of it so you cannot see clearly um you know make out the details of what's on the other side but you could definitely tell if there was a person uh standing on the other side of the door you know by their outline or um you, you could tell if you know some there were people on the other side of the room anyway so the teacher walks up and, you know, as you do, he grabs the uh, doorknob of the door to go into the staff room. And out of nowhere, it just begins shaking violently. And the, this teacher can see that there's, there's nobody else on the other side. And yet it's feeling like for him that it's being shaken violently. And he sort of grabbed his stuff and then ran home <laughs> as, as a result of that. So I thought to myself, you know what, I'm going to go and test this out. So um, I sort of snuck away um, by myself and then I went up to the uh, staff room. So just a bit of a back door entrance there. So I came in from the other side, so from the inside, not the outside of the staff room. So I decided, oh, okay, I'm going to uh, test this out. So all I did is I just simply walked up to the door and I grabbed the doorknob and again, it shook violently. Oh, you're kidding. And at that time, no, <laughs> at that time I could clearly see through the glass pane that there was nobody else there. And there were emergency lights and stuff like that in the hallway outside. So the, there was no one around. It was completely desolate. And this was shaking, like someone was trying to rip it off the hinges. Like it was quite aggressive. It, it wasn't a gentle vibration um, by any means. Um, so obviously in that moment, I was quite shocked um, that this was – that I substantiated the story and I let go of the doorknob. Um, I didn't reach for it again, um, but I went uh, back down and, and told everybody about it. And then uh, later on, so I went down towards the uh, back of the school and that backs onto uh, Bush. So there's a big oval uh, down there and then it backs onto Bush and there's a fire trail that goes out there um, as well. But otherwise, it's desolate. And as I was walking down the back of the school, I noticed like a really bright white light coming from the bush. And it was abnormally bright. It wasn't just like a light or something like that. So I thought, okay, I'm going to walk down um, to where it backs onto the bush. And so I was standing there. And what it looked like was about maybe like 
200 or 300 meters into the bush, like somebody had set up like this huge station of LED white floodlights. That's, that's what it looked like. Um, but there are no lights out there. Um, so there's, there's one street light at the start of the fire trail, but it's nowhere near as bright and you can see that. And then because I've been on that fire trail a number of times, there's, there's no sort of lighting. There's no houses out there. There's no substations, um, anything like that. It's just complete desolate bush. Um, and there was just no sound either, either. So you couldn't hear anybody. Like, let's say if somebody was camping or if there was a car out there, there was just no sound. So it was just brilliant white light, which, which was very odd. Um, and that, that stayed as a, as a constant there. So when you saw that light there, was it just the single light on its own? Yeah, that's, that's it. It was just like there was a bunch of floodlights, you know, face towards me, so towards the school, and they were just there, and it was completely static. So they weren't flashing, pulsing, moving, or anything like that. It was completely static. And were these mm. were these low on the ground, or were they a little bit more elevated? I I would say that they're elevated, say at about eye height. Sort sort of how you'd imagine, uh, sort of more domestic floodlights to be. So not the massive ones that you see on roadworks, but sort of the ones that you can buy in stores. You know, let's say if you have a big property and you want to light it up. Um, so at about that eye level, but like lots and lots of them, because it was really bright, really white. Um, so that was that was fascinating. Um, so obviously, again, sort of backed away from that and I'm like all right that's that's a little weird. And was this on the same night that you you had this door shaking encounter? Yes, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that was that would have been about 15 minutes later. Holy when I came moly. back from the staff room. Yeah. Told people about it and then I just went wondering some more cuz I'm like, "Oh, what else could happen?" Yeah, go and, for you know, third time lucky. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing we're about to get to the third incident uh that night. So Again, I was at the back and I was walking uh, back up to the front of the school where everybody else was in, in the main quadrangle. And I was going away where I was walking through an outdoor hallway of lockers. So it's literally lockers uh, down an outdoor hallway of about 100 metres. And then there's sort of colour roofing um, over the top just to protect from the rain. And there's a few uh, fluorescent globes in there just to light the way uh, when it gets uh, dark. So I was just walking through there, you know, getting towards the end of the hallway. And as I'm about halfway down, maybe a little more, what I saw, so walking from uh, right to left were three shadow people. Oh, wow. So, so what they look like, the best way I can describe it is, um, you know, morph suits, you know, the sort of one... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big one, the one the, piece things. Yeah, the, yeah, the one piece, uh, really tight fitting uh, suit used to be in fashion, um, you know, a long time ago in a party sense. Um, so what it looked like, these three people were just three shadow people, but it looked like actual people just wearing all black uh, morph suits. But when they moved, um, they weren't making any sort of sound at all. And so what it looked like, so it was a line of uh, three people, so they weren't walking side by side at the end of the hallway. So they were, obviously, they were 
walking further down, so they were crossing the hallway as a result. So it was one, two, and three. So the first person um, obviously came out first and then closely followed by the second and the third. And then the first person uh, turned around whilst walking and sort of put both his hands with the palms up uh, to his to his waist as if like a conversational gesture, like trying to illustrate a point. Sort of like saying, yeah, but, and using your hands as a gesture to illustrate something. And then the heads of the uh, number one, number two and number three were sort of nodding in acknowledgement. So they were responding to that gesture. And it was, it was very quick. Um, and just as he was uh, exiting my view of the hallway, he sort of, you know, turned back around. So it looked like a very organic conversation, but I couldn't hear anything. And they seemed unaware that I was there as well. And they looked, they were very clear and crisp. Like it looked completely natural. Like there was nothing fuzzy about them. They weren't sort of hovering off the ground um, at all. There wasn't any sort of dark presence that was associated with that. Um, so that that was a really uh, fascinating experience there. That really is fascinating because when you when you hear these stories of shadow people, and I've heard I've heard a fair few people they've they've spoken to me about it. Not all of them have wanted to come on the air, but whenever I hear someone talking about a shadow person, they don't see it as defined as what you've just described now. Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought that was odd too. It was, it was very, very defined. There was nothing fuzzy or weird about it, and I have a very uh, flashbulby type of memory about it. It's a very clear image. Yeah, um, that in my oh, head that would definitely be uh, be burnt into the memory bank. That's for sure. And and what's really weird about that is oh, not even weird. I would say this would be terrifying. Is the fact that these things seem to be able to communicate to each other, and they almost seem to be conversing, like you said. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Just sort of a pair of, well, a trio of lost souls just sort of walking around unaware of the living um, in that sense um, because it, it definitely wasn't people because there would have been way more sound to that. They were moving completely silently. And how far um, away and, from them were you? Oh, I would say like, like 10, 15 metres. Oh, that's really close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and nobody was wearing morph suits or anything like that, uh, that night. Um, so that was, that was very odd. Um, but the school's got quite a history because it was a seminary. Um, I, I feel like it's become a bit of a paranormal hotspot because of the religious significance of the site. You know, when a site is so devoted to a religious practice, it's sort of, thins the barrier between the living and the dead, I feel. Yeah. Um, well, there's definitely a lot more spiritual energy around a place like that, I would imagine, especially with it being a cemetery for priests. I mean, I feel like that's almost a perfect storm to, to you know, to essentially guarantee that there's going to be paranormal activity happening. And for you to go out on that one night to go, you know what, I heard about this door that shakes and then you go up to it and it does exactly the same thing that you you heard in in the previous story from a teacher that's incredible to I, I don't even know what the odds of that happening are but that's simply amazing what was going through your head when you were there and that was all happening 
I sort of shifted my worldview a bit. I was like, wow, this this is actually real. It doesn't feel as much of a as a legend anymore. Um, Were you a believer and, before that happened? Yeah, at, at the time I was a Catholic, um, naturally through the indoctrination of the school. Um, so I, I was at that time. So I did, uh, you know, believe in sort of the the Catholic Christian values at that time. So, um, but it, what's interesting about the Catholic Church is it's it's a fancy word, but they sort of put like a sort of like a lock on on spiritual uh, beliefs. Um, sort of like ontological lock. That's that's what it's called. Um, more than other churches, where they sort of delineate what you can believe in and sort of restrict what else you can believe in. So I think at the time, this was more of an eye opener for me. Whereas yeah, maybe right. for other denominations, maybe not so much. Um, yeah, and um, the the place. So obviously, you know that that story the teacher doing over time wasn't the first story to be told. Um, so apparently um, a priest there committed suicide um, since he didn't want to follow through with the training and unfortunately didn't uh, see a way out of that. Um, I heard a story where this was from my brother. So apparently one of her friends, again, was walking down the hallway. This was on like a school uh, social night. And she was walking ahead of her friends, and then apparently a priest apparated like a ghostly image of a priest sort of levitating a little bit off the ground, so started following this girl. And her friends were saying, oh, you know, look out, you know, there's, there's someone behind you, there's, there's a ghost of a priest, and then that sort of went away. Um, teachers have told stories where, uh, again, with no wind or anything like that, where uh, plants have moved, like indoor plants, out of nowhere. Um, there used to be a building uh, down the back of uh, the school called the Dinosaur Block, which actually used to be where the priests uh, slept. They, they've since they demolished that building, I think, in 2003. Um, and apparently that building was really haunted because lights used to flicker on and off there. I remember one of the PE teachers telling me he had an experience there um, where he went in there and all the lights were just going uh, crazy, where otherwise they were stable. That, that building wasn't known for um, electrical problems. Um, the, the school's pretty isolated by itself, um, so it doesn't really have any neighbours, like more of a suburban school. It's sort of in the bush. Um, but the people who do live around the area, because, you know, it's in a bush and there's valleys and that sort of stuff, the sound carries. And uh, apparently they report a lot that the school bell, like the, the old physical school bell that's on the stand, uh, rings a lot on the weekends so they can hear it, but there's nobody there Oh wow! Um, to, to ring that bell. And also they since cut down the rope as well so students uh, would mess around with it. So it's not actually um, possible to, to ring the bell? No, it's it's not, you know, unless you throw a rocket at it or something. But th- this is like a distinct ringing. Um, so, again, nobody's witnessed it, to, m- the, to the best of my knowledge, actually uh, swinging back and forth. Um, but apparently uh, that also happens. Uh, cold breezes as well, people report um, a lot of that um, c- coming out of nowhere. Um, again, like really icy cold and, you know, not when it's windy, not when it's winter and in the, uh, in a windy day, just sort of out of nowhere, lots of cold and, and hot patches and that sort of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and um, that's a spooky place to be. And what makes that even a little bit spookier in my mind there, Josh, is the fact that the teachers seem to be so open about, yeah, this place is definitely haunted and we're all kind of experiencing these weird things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Most teachers have a story to tell, whether it's their own or um, somebody else's. Um, yeah, so it's it's a very interesting place. Um, I remember vaguely, not in any detail, but like, uh, again, more specific stories of sort of ghostly images of people coming up um, and that sort of thing. Um, and it's it's Googleable. So if you Google St. Columbus High School, um, it, it comes up on lists for the most haunted places um, in, in Australia and New South Wales. Um, Is yeah, it still functioning to this day? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's still open um, to this day. Um, but again, it's... It's it's a thing that students and staff are only privy to, I would say, because it's quite well fenced and technically it's trespassing if you go on there. Um, and if you're not a student, then there's so it's it's not like anybody else wandering onto the property really has these sort of stories um, to tell. Um, so yeah, no, it is it is still operating, and um, if if you do talk to most people about it, they I would say they are aware. Um, of the haunted nature of of the high school, yeah, because it doesn't sound like it's a it's a secret or anything like that. It almost sounds like the the staff, the faculty, the students may even be embracing the the hauntedness of this place. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is embraced, um, and it's it's not it's not a malignant haunting. Like there's a, there's nothing dark or evil there. Like it doesn't feel like that. Nobody's ever communicated uh that it's something like that so it seems to be more of you know people of the past wandering around you know sort of being stuck there for whatever reason that may be and now a quick word from our sponsor it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. I want to touch on this light that you did see out in the in the forest around the school there because this is this is fascinating. This might be something completely different to all the other hauntings that are happening in that area. Yeah. It was very strange because, like, I don't think it was a UFO. I wouldn't describe it as that sort of experience, if that makes sense, because it wasn't – there was no sort of sentience behind it, if that makes sense. Like, you didn't feel like, oh, you know, it's being operated by something or there's there's something in there, that sort of thing. It was just very static. Yeah, yeah. For the the lack of a better word, it was a dumb light. Yeah, yeah, it was a dumb light. I was like, what are you doing here? It was, it was just, it was very weird. Like, there's, there's, 
no really good solid story to come out of that like oh it rised up and it was a ufo and it was just just a plain old light yeah so when you saw this like there was no sound or heat or anything like that coming from no. it no but there is the story of the axe man at saint columbus so apparently um what happened this this goes back to when the priest used to occupy um the place so apparently oh was it oh that's right so down in the bush down in the oval down at the back of the school um what was heard frequently is the sound of somebody chopping wood in the bush and obviously the priests extensively searched the bush you know when whenever they heard it you know obviously to clear the mystery um but they never found anybody chopping wood and again around the immediate area no houses and i don't think the people that live nearby um this i don't think the sound will carry that far because apparently it sounded quite clear like somebody was about 20 or 50 meters into the bush and was uh chopping wood and whenever they got close to it apparently it stopped like like just just out of nowhere um, so that's that's another interesting one as well. But I haven't heard many students or staff talking about that in their time. More a story ca- carried over from the priest time. Yeah, right. It It's such a haunted place by the sounds of it. It sounds like there's so many different spirits that are residing on this on this property. It's it's absolutely fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. One, I, I want to ask you a, a a question that's really out of left field here, Josh. Is mm-hmm. The the Blue Mountains, I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. they're notoriously famous for Yowie encounters and Yowie sightings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has there been any Yowie activity around that property? Because I'm wondering if the light that you saw could have been related to a Yowie because it's really mm-hmm. not uncommon for people who have seen a Yowie to also see orbs. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question, Kate. But... um. Not that I've heard of, um, actually, uh, around that area. But, look, I wouldn't be surprised if, hypothetically, they were there. Which sort of feeds into my uh, next story. So this happened in 2014 at the Queen Victoria uh, Hospital. It's It's been retired and has been for about 30, 40 years. So the story with this hospital... Um, it was initially built as a um, hospital, like sort of like a private hospital, and it was the place to go where when people had tuberculosis and they were at the end of their life, where they went to die, essentially, because um, they thought that the mountain there was good for the disease. Um, it, it sort of helped with the respiratory side of it, um, but it, hundreds of people have allegedly died there uh, from the disease. And they've actually got little huts strewn around the outside of the hospital where they used to take people um, to die. Oh, wow. Um, where, where they used to wheel them out on the wheelchairs when the, the nurse, orderlies, doctors sensed that they were, you know, this. unfortunately this is the end for them um, and they were to die. So that's, that's a little creepy um, within itself. Um, and, again, I heard stories how the... Uh, apparently how the hospital was uh, quite haunted. So I'm like, okay. And this is in Wentworth Falls. So also in the Blue Mountains, a little bit further up the mountains. And it's on uh, Tableland Road, um, which is this big, long road um, 
that that stretches um, a very long way. So it starts just at the dirt section of it, pretty much. Uh, Tablelands Road is also quite famous for UFO encounters. Um, that that I mean, I haven't heard any stories from there in a while, but apparently there was a pocket of years there where there were a lot of UFO uh, sightings along that road. So what what happened was so again this road is on a is on a dirt road um still drivable you don't need a four by four um to do it so I was just uh, driving down that road because I was heading further down the fire trail because I was just taking some friends out because um, I lived in the Blue Mountains at the time and they hadn't seen much of it so I thought I'd take them to a less touristy area so we went down uh, a dirt road a little bit and what what happened was we were just driving and it, this was on the outside of the hospital. So the hospital is fenced off and everything. All of a sudden we got the smell of rotting eggs in my car. And this was like a 10 out of 10 putrid smell. Oh, wow. But like some, somebody got like 50 rotten eggs and just like dumped them in my car. That's, that's what it smelled like. It was just intolerable. So, uh, uh, so there were, so it was, yeah, myself, Liam, Alex, and my brother. Yeah, so there were five of us all together. And obviously we were just repulsed by this and uh, winding down the windows. And then we just we just pulled over on the side of the road and got out because it was just so bad. And this was about like 50 metres from when the smell hit. Um, so we just got out. And I thought that I'd like run over a dead animal or something, that I picked it up in my car. So we got out, we opened the boot, we thoroughly searched the engine um, and arounds, and there was just nothing there, you know, in the radiator and the grill, and there was just nothing there um, at all. And we searched underneath the car, trying to figure out what this was. Um, and then we got back to the same spot where it happened, and the smell was completely gone. Oh, really? So let's, yeah. So let's say if there was something dead uh, there, you know, we go back and be like, oh, you know, there must be something dead. Here's the smell. Or, you know, this the sewage leaking or something like that. But unfortunately, there was there was nothing there that we could rationally explain, um, which which was fascinating. Yeah, that, um, that really <clears throat> is because that there's there's two instances that kind of come to my mind when when someone brings up the word, you know, sulfur or there was like a rotten egg type of smell, and one is. Apparently, when a when when there's you know demonic activity or you know there's a there's a portal that's been opened, um, apparently there's a very strong sulfur smell in the area, and you know it it, it kind of depends on you know in everyone's individual beliefs and you know maybe it's the the smell of hell coming coming out to the to the real world here or or something like that, um, or the other thing that comes to my mind is i wonder if this is the the smell of a yowie in the area yeah that that is a good point actually because um a few years later i was listening to you know that youtube channel it's like yowie research something where they have like those 30 40 minute interviews yep yep so there was a there was a guy there um and he was being interviewed on the channel on table ends road just past the hospital um, and he was driving down that road to cool off because he said he had a, he said he had a fight with his partner at the time, so he thought he'd take a step back and just cool off and drive down the road. And apparently, he was surrounded by four yowies. So they came out of the bush almost in unison and were 
closing in on his car until he beat the horn or something and got out of there. Um, so there is Yowie stories um, on, on Tablelands Road um, as well, and that's that's quite a big one. Um, and so the the hospital was for tuberculosis, and after that, it served as a uh, an uh, mental asylum as well. Um, so again, for the quite clinically ill um, people. And after that, it served as an aged care facility. So again, lots of death, lots, lots of torture. Um, yeah, it's connecting a lot of negative energy to that place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I've had um, family friends who, I mean, because it's um, there's a care, there's a caretaker there, and um, it's it's fenced off, and apparently there's cameras and. Apparently, they enforced the trespassing quite hard. I was actually down there another night going down that dirt road, and there were many, many police cars there busting some teenagers to trespass there. So they do enforce it because technically it's heritage listed. Um, it's a heritage listed building. So it's not like the Gladesville Hospital where anybody can just walk in. Um, anyway, so these family friends got past all that security, um, and they were in there. And they heard the sound of uh, music, N- not not the movie, just the sound of um, like old time <laughs> uh, sort of nineteen twenties, thirties music in there, as if it's coming from a record player. And again, it came out of nowhere. Um, there's no power to that building either, except for the streetlights that surround it. Um, so that was a little weird. Um, my uh, thesis uh, supervisor at the time. Um, so this was a few years ago when I was finishing up my uh, honors degree, my undergraduate uh, studies. So he's he's quite a prolific uh, researcher um, in paranormal psychology. Um, so what he was do, he told me that he went to that uh, hospital once, uh, the Queen Victoria Hospital, and he was in there, and out of nowhere, he told me that a black cloud was coming through the hallways and started to consume him. Like he felt like something was taking over his body. He was losing his control oh, wow. until somebody uh, pulled him out. That's um, creepy. That's he, really, that's really, that's a terrible situation to be caught. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was uh, quite intense. Um, and then, I watched this documentary on the Queen Victoria Hospital. Actually, um, it was—it's not a mainstream documentary. It's sort of like an amateur one. Um, but I remember filming that documentary where the car alarms uh, went off uh, out of nowhere. Um, someone got sort of half possessed and got really angry and agitated out of nowhere. My, my supervisor at the time was there for this documentary, and he affirmed that it wasn't bullshit. That, that they weren't staging it. That that was real. Um, and he's not the sort of person who would associate with uh, documentaries or sort of ghost hunting shows that sort of fake uh, encounters, because um, because that wouldn't do too well for his reputation. Yeah, yeah, of so, course. So he said, yeah. So so he said that was uh, all real. Um, there are also videos in this documentary of uh, like people becoming emotional out of nowhere. Somebody vomited out of nowhere. Uh, EVP phenomenon um, has happened there as well. I was reading on Reddit that apparently someone was there and they were walking their dogs around there, probably on the fire trail, and um, their car got filled with tissues 
and there was no one around. Um, also, stories of a red, a, no, it wasn't a red balloon, a, a black balloon uh, floating around the place as well. Um, so that that was, and again, it was sort of floating like an it. Like it wasn't like somebody had let it go and it was drifting through the bush or high in the sky. It was sort of it had isolated. It had some so, purpose to it. Yeah, yeah. So oh. I've, I've read it. That's, that's creepy. It. It's uh, yeah, like you said. Yeah, it it's is. it's almost out of a movie. It's it sounds that's, like that's right. It sounds like it to be honest. And yeah, I mean, what a what an interesting place. It's it's such a. Mm. It's definitely got a a lot of high strangeness going on there. Yeah, that's that's right. All around that area. So you know, spiritual well, spiritual hauntings. Uh, reported UFOs, Yowies as well. So it's, it's quite a hot spot. And um, I remember again when he was supervising me. This this was well after that that story where was almost consumed by that black cloud. He said, "Oh, Josh, I'm going back there." And I said, "Don't do it, Tony, because <laughs> I think there's something. I think there's something demonic in there. I think that's quite serious. Like it's not just sort of your average haunting." And he said, "No, I'm still doing it." I'm like, "All right." And then the next time I saw him in a meeting, he said, "I'm never going back there." And oh, I said, really? What happened? He's like, "I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it." Oh, we need to get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a story to tell because oh, know, he's got many, many, many stories. Because I mean, um, if you're if you're in that type of field, it really takes a lot to make you not want to go back to a place and. For him to to go in there and already experience so many different things of of you know, different types of activity and all kinds of, of craziness and scariness, it had to be something pretty major for him to go, no way am I ever going back in there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Um, he's, yeah, he's pretty desensitized to the paranormal. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine what happened to him there. Um, yeah, and another night I visited there, but I was just hanging out uh, outside of the fence um, I didn't want to go in because the, the trespass is not worth it. Um, so I was just sort of hanging out there and just sort of observing. And it just felt very off, like like you were being constantly watched. And it, it's, it's, not a, it's not a fear that I could localize to anything, like even just outside. And I think that speaks to the how extremely haunted that place is, like to even to have that uh, sulfur smell outside of the building, not not inside. You know, um, outside of the fence speaks to sort of the energy that is there. Oh, it really but, does, know, and it's it's almost yeah. like it's trying to warn you, like don't come any further. Yeah, that's that's right. It, it it felt really off. I mean, even if there wasn't a threat of trespass and that sort of thing, like it was motivating enough to not go in there. Um, it's, and I, I never got that sort of feel at my uh, high school as well. Sort of like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. Um, like it didn't feel off or uncomfortable in any way, but this, this made you feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. It it certainly is a head scratcher, isn't it? Because there's Mm. so much activity going on there and, and, and so, so many different types of encounters and things being witnessed. It, it just really it really does make you scratch your head. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very interesting place. Um, it's it's full of asbestos, unfortunately. Um, so I think that's another major reason why they've closed it off uh, from the public. Um, but yeah, no, very interesting place, and it's it's sort of it's like a deeper 
it's like a, one of the deeper parts of law to the mountains. Like there are common haunted hotspots like the Woodford Academy. I think that I think that's one of the oldest buildings in Australia. That's that's apparently that's very haunted. Then there's St Columbus and um, there's there's an, a couple of other old schools there. But the the Queen Victoria Hospital one that's that's more of a niche area, but but very interesting. Yeah, absolutely, it really is. So before I let you you shoot off there tonight, Josh, I just want to touch on the experiences that you had one one last time because you you had this encounter with the door shaking really quite violently. Then you saw this bright light in the in the bush, and then you saw these three shadow people. And you said this kind of turned your your world upside down. Do you how how do you feel about all of that now? Well, it. <laughs> That's the thing with the paranormal. I think you don't believe it until it happens, Un- until something happens where you cannot rationally explain it. Like it just seems like, oh, you know, you know, whatever. There's there's no sort of proof for that, but it's it's just it, it, it's a very intrinsic thing um, that that changes in you. You realize that there's more to the world than just sort of the physical matter, and these, you know three or four dimensions that we're aware of right now. Um, and I imagine the same people who would have come in contact with alien life, like the people in the, the Roswell incident, just sort of that dramatic shift that you have in our understanding of what this world is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that when you experience this type of stuff, there's no going back. Everything mm-hmm. changes. Yeah, that's that's right, and it's been a while since all this stuff has happened, and you know I think about it occasionally, and um, I again I try and search and search for rational explanations, um, and I I cannot find any um, at all. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not I'm not someone who will believe anything. Like I, I would say I am a skeptic um, per per se. So it, it does it does take a lot for me to internalize this and, and believe it and be like, yeah, you know, this this was absolutely real. Um this this happened. Um because cause I remember I did a did a paranormal investigation at the Lithgow State Mine, which apparently is haunted, and that was a proper investigation. So that was with um they had stuff to measure electromagnetic fields and they had uh, thermal cameras and they had uh, oh, what else do they have? Um, we had flower. Um, we had uh, electronic uh, tape recorders to record EVPs and that sort of thing. Um, and and nothing, nothing happened that night. And <laughs> it's always that the way. Yeah, so it wasn't <laughs> like an expectancy bias. You know where I'd I'd see the littlest thing in the environment. Like, oh, that's 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 definitely a haunting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, no these these events do stick with me. Um, yeah, and I, I don't even consider them that extreme compared to you know the other people's stories on this podcast. Um, but still, um, they stick out nonetheless. That's it. That's it. Well, Josh, I want to thank you for coming on the show because your encounters, you know, you might not think they're that fantastic, but to me, mate, I think they are outstanding, and they're they're so different. And to have it all happen on the one night, that is absolutely crazy in itself. Yeah, well, 
Well, thank you for bringing me on, Kate, and I'm glad I could share my story. And anybody else who's listening, they went to St. Columbus and experienced something they couldn't explain, and hope they come on. And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.